Hey everyone, welcome back to another season of Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. On this show, we dive deep into how you can use data to measure, manage, and optimize your health with the latest science and technology. This show is brought to you by Heads Up, which is our web and mobile app designed for individuals and healthcare professionals who need a precise way to measure and manage health data. Check us out at headsuphealth.com. If you've got comments, questions, or feedback on this show, shoot us an email, support at headsuphealth.com. We'd love to hear from you. And with that said, let's get into our next exciting episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. And today, my special guest is uh, a good friend and uh, one of the studs in the game that I've been uh, wanting to interview for quite some time. We've partied together, we've done trade shows together, and I'm really interested in everything he has to share. Awais Spa, welcome to the show, my friend. Great to be here, Dave. Now, you have a lot of really interesting areas of expertise, Awais, that we want to dive into here. I think we want to start by talking about microbiome medicine at a high level, but very specifically, that that topic is is obviously there's a lot of different directions you can go in, but what I'd really love to pick your brain on today is peptide therapies for microbiome-related disorders, uh, injuries, illnesses. There's peptides out there for lots of different things, but I think our audience would really like to get an understanding of which ones we can use for GI-related, uh, microbiome-related health, basically. So we're going to talk about peptide therapy for microbiome medicine. And you also have a lot of what I love about just before we got on the show, you shared a little bit of your background about how you're able to blend a lot of Eastern philosophy through things like Ayurveda. And you also seem to have a lot of um, expertise around the biochemistry, not just of illness, but also around formulation. So we're excited to nerd out hard here, Oase. And you also mentioned you got a little bit of a personal story that that kind of led you down this path. So maybe you could start there and just tell us what was it that that got you motivated? What was your uh, origin story that that got you into the line of work that you're in today? Amazing. Well, it's great to be here, Dave. And my origin story begins around 2010, 2011. I injured my shoulders working out just a chronic injury and you know i was going to doctors and they were saying i might need surgery and i just wasn't okay with that and it was a very rough way to enter adulthood i had frozen shoulder i couldn't move my hands above my shoulders it was very painful and just very very depressive right like you're kind of becoming an adult and entering the world and it was just very stressful. So I just started looking up different doctors I could see, started going to anyone and everyone, you know, outside of network. And eventually I found a doctor that was working with very famous NBA players at the time. And um, he was just kind and we connected and he just started treating me more or less for free and gave me lots of different regenerative interventions interventions, PRP shots, prolozone. And then eventually he's like, Hey, I really want you to get the improvement you're looking for. So I'm going to give you the superstar stack. And I, I was like, like what is, is that? <laughs> and 
he's like, this stuff is way ahead of its time. I'm going to be giving you a blend of different peptides and I'm going to be injecting it locally into your shoulders. And I was like, okay, what's, what are peptides? So he literally would started giving me printouts and he was just telling me like, he was very spiritual. And he said that you may have like a future in this. And I really want you to like, you know, pursue this. So lo and behold, here we are right today. But uh, at this time, the peptides that he injected in me, BPC and and acetate, it almost seemed futuristic. It was just like, what are these things? But for me, they were more effective than PRP, prolozone, other interventions that I had into my shoulders. And it was like, like a snap of a finger, I'm back to normal. I'm just, you know, to a point where I even a few months later, I just, I forgot about the injuries. I'm just doing everything I want to do and just totally living a normal life. So that kind of propelled my interest into health. And, you know, I still had health struggles afterwards, you know, and like gut issues and things like that. And kind of consistently, like I started noticing that my health challenges were kind of my just a divine direction for me to go into, you know, functional medicine. Awesome. Yeah. Similarly for me, I got down the path of building the software that we make here at Heads Up through my own necessity. And now both you and I are able to work on things that intrinsically motivate us and that are connected back to our own healing journey. And I genuinely believe that's when you're able to do the best work in the world your best work in the world. So a couple questions away. So you mentioned it was um, a physical injury. So was this like a repetitive strain injury or was it an acute injury that was that was really difficult to heal? Like, can you share more about uh, what the actual um, injury was in the shoulders? Yeah, absolutely. So it was a repetitive strain injury, but then there was this other component to it, which doctors didn't quite understand. And they just diagnosed with me with myofascial pain syndrome and MPS. And a doctor also said that he wants to diagnose me with fibromyalgia at the time. And I just, even at, you know, at a young age, it was just like kind of resistant to the idea. I was like, I don't know if I need another diagnosis that probably doesn't anything, you know, but it was a repetitive strain injury to both my front shoulders, but it also caused these weird spasms and that started in my shoulders and started traveling throughout my body. Yep. And, you know, so the like pinched, pinched that, nerves or something like that, something da- damage to the nerves themselves. That's what I had thought. The only real like injury quote unquote was in the front shoulders. Yep. And the other sort of uh, components of just the myofascial pain syndrome was kind of, I guess I'll call it my phase two origin story where I started just going deeper into the layers, right? You do acupuncture, you yeah. do massage, you work every type of chiropractor. And that's actually what started leading me to the microbiome and, uh, you know, eventually starting my education in functional medicine and just going down into that rabbit hole as I started realizing that like your fascia and your muscle skeletal structure is a reflection of the health of your gut and what interesting gastric ability, you know, um, that's going to influence that. That's also going to your microbiome is going to influence 
your nervous system as well. Not that we shouldn't be doing other stronger nervous system interventions like dynamic neural retraining, EMDR, you know, meditation, plant medicine interventions. But it was just a very clear kind of point for me just seeing that in my own body. And there was layers, right? It's like our origin stories in health are these onions that we're peeling back. Totally. Yep. You know, the fun part always is when you when you start to get on the other end of the issues and then you start to get into the stuff purely for just completely optimizing your performance. So like you get through the issues, you figure it all out, right? You learn so much in that world. And then you're like, oh, okay. So now how high can I go now that I'm, let's say, you know, fixed or whatever. And that's when you start to be able to leverage all of the therapies and the regenerative medicine and and the things you want to do, not, not just to deal with an issue, but to like absolutely exceed every limit you think you have in terms of your physical, mental, spiritual career potential in the world. That to me is the most exciting part of regenerative medicine is when you get someone to a place where now they're ready to start climbing new peaks. And that's why I love the world of um, regenerative medicine and, and peptide therapy and biohacking and all of these kinds of things. Because like you said, one analogy is the onion. You know, For me, when I look at my health, it's like, okay, what's the next peak I can climb? Oh, there's all this mm-hmm. I can go learn about peptide therapy. And I start learning that. And I'm like, whoa. And then you're like, okay, so what's the next peak? Okay, well, there's now there's like... Uh, intravenous therapies I can use. And there's different ways to like optimize my vagal tone and my heart rate variability. Like, oh, okay. And then you, so it's exciting to have that experience because the challenges we work through ultimately lead us down this career pursuit. But would you say, Oasis, it's fair that with everything we have now at our disposal for cellular regeneration, cellular medicine, biohacking, health optimization, how high can we go in terms of what we can achieve with like our own potential? I really love that question. And I love the way that you frame that because health is not the absence of disease, right? So often health is defined as just, you know, I'm not sick. I am not sick. Yeah. Therefore (laughs) I am healthy. It's like, also now we're looking at blood markers from different perspectives, right? There was, we used to look at blood markers as in like, this is absence of disease. And now this is optimal, right? What's the difference between optimal vitamin D levels versus good vitamin D levels, optimal testosterone, DHT, DHEA, you know, we can keep going down like to, you know, hundreds of blood markers and look at like, what does it mean to be optimal? And It's sometimes defined as resiliency. How resilient is the system, right? Mm -hmm. I really like to make these concepts actionable and and give real world examples because I think this idea of optimal health and it's a a concept to describe it is called salutogenesis, which Mm -hmm. is it's a scientific term which just refers to you know regenerating and kind of what is health beyond disease, right? And that's. That's a concept and framework called pseudogenesis, but I like to look at it as like in each category, we're trying to optimize what might it mean to be optimal. So in gut and microbiome health, if you've come from a history of GI issues, right, which is now starting to be everyone, right? Like Gen Z is now 
it's an epidemic. Yeah, like Gen Z is exposed to high amounts of pesticides. Um, I was talking to a doctor recently, a, a pediatric physician, and she was telling me about cases of constipation increasing in, you know, one and two year olds, right? So they're trying to solve using allopathic Western tools, constipation in babies now, right? So it's like GI issues are a thing that are very, very common. So then collectively, everyone's baseline starts to drop, right? Sure. Like the horizon of what is optimal gut health starts to it drop. It just goes down. The bar gets lower. <laughs> the bar gets lower. Exactly. The standard gets lower. So the question I like to ask is like, what might optimal resilient gut and microbiome health look like? And one example I like to give is if you have been very restrictive in your diet because you had to be, because you were dealing with, you know, fungal dysbiosis, bacterial dysbiosis, bloating, gas, all these complex systems. And then we get you to a point where we're able to restore your gut health. Can you eat? dairy and gluten and not have issues. Now I'm not saying that one should be eating dairy and gluten like pizza all the time, but if you are to eat pizza, does it cause any issues for you, right? Now that's yeah. a very clear benchmark for resiliency. How resilient has your gut and your microbiome become? What are your energy levels like, right? Like if, if you do some of these regenerative peptide interventions, does your energy level increase? Does your heart coherence, your HRV increase? Is it reflecting that? Are you able to be of higher service, right? Um, yeah. And show better chips. So I think that's, that's, that's kind I of love benchmark right there. Can you be of higher service? What, whatever that means to you, service as a parent, service as a coworker, service mm -hmm. as uh you know father uh son mother daughter spiritual leader community leader you know that really to me is the ultimate benchmark absolutely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yes. always let's get a little more specific here well before we get into that next question i just want to share a personal example i never used to be able to eat pizza like i could wow. eat it but i would have indigestion for hours afterwards to the point where it was like this is not even worth it anymore and like i mm -hmm. uh, would i had to stop eating it exactly to your point i've done several years of different types of health interventions since then and now i love it like i'm not eating a frozen pizza out of the frozen food section i'm going to a restaurant that's making it properly with you know a sourdough crust and like wood fired and like high quality product and i love it and by the way, I wear my continuous glucose monitor. And if you get the right kind of pizza and the right kind of dough, my blood sugar doesn't even go up anymore from eating that, eating pizza. So I've been able to get to that point, exactly like you said, an, an indicator of resiliency, something that you couldn't tolerate before. You go on a regenerative protocol, which, which an expert like yourself as a functional medicine practitioner can help me with. And you go on mm -hmm. said regenerative protocol. Now your system is more resilient. Can you start to enjoy the things that you may not have been able to enjoy before? And then mm -hmm. what does that unlock for you in other parts of your life? So anyhow, personal story there, but specifically getting back to peptides and microbiome health. I have a family member right now, and we just went through a regenerative medicine consultation. 
around what can we do related to microbiome health, specifically using peptide therapy. I'm going to throw a few peptides out there that, that were mentioned to us as part of this consult. And then I'd love to hear your recommendations and what protocols you like to use specifically for um, peptides and microbiome. The first they suggested was um, switching from subcutaneous injection of BPC, which I've been doing with this individual, to actually taking it in a pill format and uh, also mixing it with, I believe she said KPV. So she, she recommended a mix of those two. She also suggested doing a protocol of thymosine alpha-1, and that was mm-hmm. because there's some autoimmunity present. We also talked a little bit about lorazotide as a possible way to help with like rebuilding the um, permeability of the intestine, mm-hmm. which, which gets damaged mm-hmm. a lot. I'm trying to think if there were any others that, that she mentioned, but those were a few that just came across our desk. So when you're working with clients, with patients, and they present different symptoms related to microbiome, maybe could you just give us some of your like your go-tos, your foundational peptides on a microbiome protocol, and then we can kind of branch off from there? Well, I'll just say that whichever doctor you're working with, is is definitely on point and on the money that is a list of my favorite peptides right there nice. the, the the you named are my absolute favorite you know bpc 157 oral is obviously phenomenal for gi health and gut health and restoring gastric permeability and restoring a healthy mucous membrane it, it has so many other functions as well it's just it's it's the favorite peptide of everyone because it's just does so much and yep. it's so anti-inflammatory. Yep. And then KPV, it's a hidden star for me because it's just, it doesn't get the love that it deserves in just kind of this world as peptides are becoming more popular, but it is phenomenal for controlling mast cell and uh, histamine. And also it's very anti-inflammatory, right? So why it works as well as it does for reducing inflammation, I think it has to do with its role in how it mediates some of these inflammatory cellular responses like mast cell activation. And it it really controls it at right upstream where you kind of want to do it, right? Where you want to intervene in those pathways. And then thymus and alpha-1, obviously, unfortunately, regulated for, you know, most U.S. in the U.S. it's regulated use now, so people are using thymulin, which is not as effective as thymosin alpha one, but thymosin alpha one is amazing. It's like it is a fantastic immune modulator. I think there's just you know this topic that's become really popular now, which is called immunometabolism, right? What is the relationship of the immune system in metabolic processes, in absorption, in supporting metabolic function in the body, right? And I think that ties into a a bigger field, which is called psychoneuroimmunology, right? And why I bring that up in light of thymus and alpha-1 is thymus and alpha-1 does things that, you know, don't make sense if you just look at it from the immune lens. For some people, it works like an antidepressant. Some people will take thymus and alpha-1 for the first week and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like the joy 
that I haven't felt in so long. And my brain wow. just feels so, so it's going high, way beyond right? biochemistry, even to like emotional state, mental state, Absolutely. So, uh, neurotransmitter Absolutely. function, brain, emotional regulation. That's maybe why the, the psychosomatic uh, part of it is mentioned in, in that example you gave. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And we may not even, my guess is that it's through the psychoneuroimmunology of the immune pathways, but there's a lot we just don't understand yet, right? Like, why does this happen? Thymus alpha 1 is life-saving for many people with immune dysfunctions, with uh, endemic viral conditions, and then also for vascular issues as well, because it has a regulatory effect on blood coagulation. Um, used at the right. So that can be the ultimate reset. I think the most phenomenal things I've seen happen with thymus and alpha one, it's, it's truly incredible. It's life giving and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then lorazotide is just what a peptide it's, I think the most powerful intervention for gastric permeability and leaky gut, you know, and then it also Whenever you have a powerful intervention, it makes you think about just the role of different air connections between different areas of the body, right? Mm-hmm. Now, many athletes that I have taking lorazotide will tell me that their muscle recovery is improved like they've never had it improved to that level. So, and just so let like, me stop you there. I apologize always uh, for the interruption, but you're saying you're using it on um, healthy individuals, athletes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. a, it's a biohack. It, they're not dealing with permeability. Did I get that right? Maybe they exactly. are, but yeah, it's they're... like, they're not presenting any symptoms. That's not the initial use case. So you're using it as a performance optimization in some cases. 100%. Yeah. Sweet. 100. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's a great point. It can be used in clinical context where someone has quote unquote leaky gut, gastric permeability, and they have, you know, now there's this beautiful test by Vibrant Wellness, this leaky gut blood panel, which looks at lipopolysaccharide in the blood. And lipopolysaccharide is one of the endotoxins released by many gram negative bacteria that can make its way the bloodstream cause cascades of inflammations just to kind of like ground this idea of why leaky gut is problematic and lorazotide just works on zonulin it works on so many pathways to heal and seal the gut but it has some powerful anti-inflammatory effects through that and you know the membrane of the gut may be a mirror for the fascia right and that may be why this is working so well for athletes. But again, these are things like where we don't know exactly what's going on, but it's just, it's just very powerful. So question for you on that. Have you been able to do some of these before and after vibrant testings as part of this protocol and see how these interventions are, are measurably impacting things like permeability? Is that a, a fair way to say you could test this, test progress, for example? Yes, absolutely. As clinicians, progress testing, looking at variables becomes problematic because of the fact that we tend to introduce many variables at once. Of course, yeah. And other sort of leaky gut interventions we're often doing along with lorazotide. Totally, yep. 
where I've seen the labs kind of just, you know, just blow it out of the water is actually people dealing with Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and clients that are dealing with sort of autoimmune flares and often are on biologics, right? Like biologics, for, for those that don't know, it's it's a class of medications. They're often targeting the immune system and immune inflammation from ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, and other autoimmune conditions. And biologics have lots of side effects and lots of issues. They're often very expensive drugs if insurance doesn't cover them. There's just lots of issues when you're on a biologic drug for long periods of time. And I obviously would never tell someone to go off of a drug that they've been prescribed by their doctor. But uh, many uh, clients that I've worked with have just using specifically lorazotide as the kind of like key needle mover, just kind of gone off biologics. And their doctors are like surprised, like, what are you doing that's causing your autoimmune markers to normalize so quickly? And like, this doesn't make any sense. And I have to be really honest, I, I don't mean to be antagonistic, but in some of these cases, these doctors are, they're upset. It's like, they're like not happy with the progress and positive changes because they want the person to be on the drug. And they're like, no, you got to be on it. Like, I don't care that your labs have normalized and that you're feeling fine. You just got to be on it. And it's just like, a client told me himself, he was just like, something just felt like foul play in that, in that. that last that's when you, room. that's when you give the doctor the peace sign, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you, you try to find someone who, and I understand it equally well, right? There's standard of care that has to be followed and there's legal liability that has to be followed. And there's, you know, they're practicing in, in that way. And, and I, I totally get all of that, but I would hope that there would be more of an inquiring attitude to like, what did you do and, and how did this work? And this is a bit of an off-topic question, maybe not, but like, why do you think a ways we don't see more uptake of these things in conventional medicine? Is it because peptides are, you know, largely open source, for lack of a better word? Is it just that they're still outside the scope of mainstream medicine, they work so good and they're becoming so, at least in our little bubble, you know, the bubble you and I live in, right? They're, they're ubiquitous, but but maybe outside the bubble, they're not. I know in other countries in Eastern Europe, these have been standard of care for decades. So mm -hmm. just, you know, anecdotally, do you have any sense of why there's not more adoption of, of these peptides in conventional medicine? Yeah, that's a great question. And it really comes down to patent politics right mm -hmm. like the desire for drug companies to have a patent and the sort of financial profitability that's connected yeah once you have patents on a drug right sure. now there's been a to patent thymus and alpha one for at least a decade and thymus and alpha one is biologic now i use the term biologic referring to the class of drugs called biologics so i don't want this to be confusing but peptides are biologic in that they exist in the body in those forms right so yep. that is why they are hard to patent and that's why there's been issues so it's it really just comes down to profit incentives um yep. and just sort of pharmaceutical capital the, yeah the system yeah 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Oasis, maybe this is amazing. Are there any other items you'd want to share in terms of uh, some of your approaches to the microbiome? First of all, are there any go-to peptides, microbiome specific, or even personal favorites that you just want to introduce to the audience before we change gears off peptides? So, yes. So, BPC and KPV work on the gut. Mm-hmm. And obviously, lorazotide works on the gut as well. Now, you know, thymus and beta-4, both in its injectable form and fragment, oral fragment, is incredible for inflammation and, and for injury, for recovering from injury. And sometimes I'll use both of those, thymus and beta-4 fragments in an oral form and an injectable form at the same time. So that's one that I'm a huge fan of for skin health. GHKCU has been phenomenal. I've seen some incredible results with that. People are, are you doing that you know, orally or subcutaneous always? Sub-Q along with microneedling and applying it on the face, you know, once a week microneedling and mm-hmm. uh, once, you know, maybe two other times just using it topically on topically. the face. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So GHK is another one that I, I love. And then one that has been showing me some recent success is Epitalon. Epitalon. Yeah. I've, I've taken a few cycles of that as well. I do it annually, right at the beginning of the year. I do a 10 day cycle. Uh, you do a 10 day cycle, of, like the one, like the Natalie Ninham approach, like a milligram a day for 10 days. Yeah, exactly. Circadian pineal reset. I do it uh, once a year. It was recommended to me by one of the um, regenerative specialists I work on. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. So the sort of things that you mentioned about it, those are the most important sort of points about Epitalin. And it's kind of used for its anti-aging purposes, circadian reset, uh, pineal gland function. But other important points about epitalin is it can also have some interesting effects on restoring endocrine function. And this is a few case studies, uh, particularly with women that are either, you know, they're, they've just hit menopause or they're perimenopausal. And we found that epitalin can really support endocrine function and sort of reducing some endocrine Based symptoms that someone might be experiencing. And uh, so I think the effect of it, again, it's one of those things, just like talking about with lorazotide and some of these other peptides, we're like, we may not know exactly what's happening, but we know that what I've been seeing is that epitalin, it's phenomenal for some of these things. And then combined with pineleon, which is another pineal gland peptide, slash mm. bioregulator, it can be an incredible circadian reset. You know, doing a 10-day protocol with the epitalin at one milligrams a day. And then during this time for these 10 days, you're also doing pineleon at a sort of a high dose, 10 milligrams a day. And then 20 days after you you stop doing the epitalin after the first 10 days, and 20 days you keep doing the pineleon at 10 milligrams a day and it's like a 30-day circadian rhythm reset and it can be like the game changer you know uh, we often do lots of interventions in functional medicine to reset you know and restore 
hepatic, liver function, kidney function, gut microbiome, right? There's all these sort of changes that are happening. And then when someone's been having sleep issues and then you're using the microbiome interventions to restore sleep and restore gut health, that month of like Penelion epitalon can be the most powerful sort of like reset where they're just kind of life is just fully back online. They're functioning incredibly well and it's an amazing one. That's a pretty good list you've got for us there, Oase. The Penelion is one that wasn't on my list, but all the other ones I've dabbled with personally and have good success. You know, it gets a little pricey when you're just doing it as a biohacker, but um, all the ones you've mentioned are ones that I've used personally. I've had amazing experiences with all of those. So it's good to hear that my list aligns with your list. I'm just doing these for my own personal wellness. You're actually practicing and, and working with people in the real world to, to treat using these products. And I think that's one of the hardest parts is being able to get a medically supervised peptide protocol. It's one thing if you have like nut jobs like me ordering off peptide sciences and just kind of like hacking it together. But when you're working on it for a serious health issue, you need this medically supervised. And that's where we need experts like yourself who can medically supervise a protocol. They'll be making sure that lab values are being checked, making sure that symptoms are being monitored, understanding the person's medical history. So finding medically supervised peptide protocols is actually pretty hard. And the fact that that you offer that, especially with a microbiome focus, that's even harder. So um, thank you for doing that good work in the world. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. And here I'll just mention that whenever I'm working in this context, you know, everything is medically compliant. I have a at least one or two MDs that I'm working with collaboratively, right? We have licensure on board. And then mm -hmm. in this conversation, I'm bringing up peptides that may not be, you know, prescribable from an MD. But when I work in this sort of context where we're kind of like making sure everything is compliant for both patient uh, safety and for the sort of safety for the staff as well. Yeah. I just look at them as like supercharged supplements at the end of the day. And God only knows how much of an actual capsule-based supplement is even in the damn capsule, right? Because we just don't know. And then how much of it actually makes it through your fucked up GI system into your bloodstream anyhow, you know what I mean? So like to just be able to take it subcutaneous is just a better delivery mechanism for me, you know, honestly, at the end of the day. So it's a, maybe an oversimplification, but it's just like, you just get the good stuff directly right into the system without having to, you know, bypass the whole GI tract. And like you said, these are naturally occurring amino acids in our body. And going back to where we started this whole conversation, which is like, okay, let's not define health as the absence of disease. Let's define health as like, how do we get to optimal? How do I get my hormone levels to optimal? As I get older and my body starts naturally slowing down and producing less of these things, can I use these techniques to stay at the levels I want to stay at? And I believe that with our modern access to tools and technology and medicine, every year we get older, our health should get better. I just mm -hmm. firmly believe that we have the ability to do that. We have access to the, the food that we want to get. You can go to Whole Foods and buy the finest organic superfoods from all over the world and bring them to your home. Like That's something we've never had access to in, in the entire history of humanity. 
where like they've harvested the chia seeds from this remote part of the world that have like the most nutrient density. And so you can just, you can get access to the food. And you mentioned your background in Ayurvedic medicine, where, where that's actually like the foundation, right? So you can go buy the best food in the world. You can get access to best nutraceutical products in the world. You can get access to all the tools we use to measure this stuff ourselves, our heart rate variability, our blood sugar, get our own biofeedback. We're unlocking the secrets of peptide therapy. We're, we're unlocking the secrets of anti-aging medicine. So there's no reason you should not look better and feel better for every year that you get older. So I'm probably contrarian on that one, but I genuinely believe it. And I have my own data to prove it for myself. That's optimal health, you know, getting to that level. Absolutely. And, you know, you're an example of that. And I think having people that are being examples of what optimal is, that's the only way we're going to be able to show people like, hey, this is what it looks like to have, you know, someone like yourself where your blood biomarkers and your biomarkers are looking better and better year to year, right? It's like we can keep doing the epigenetic age testing, which is also, you know, so important. So I think tying to this last point that you brought up is like, well, how does that connect to the ancestral wisdom, right? And uh, sort of the legacy that I have in Ayurveda. So For me, I consider myself like a true integrative practitioner because I I am studying the the latest cutting edge regenerative tools, implementing them in practice, and also incorporating the ancient wisdom. And the legacy for me there is my grandfather was an Ayurvedic herbalist in Pakistan, and he was exploring incredible medicines and sort of bringing them back to the villages and supporting people's awesome you know the meda m-e-d-h-a is the word for the gut and he used to say that all disease begins kind of in the meda um and if you fix the meda that's going to fix the whole body's physiological function and um you know the tools for kind of like where you get healthy microbes from and just restorative things he was a big big fan of fresh milk, which is obviously illegal in most of the U.S., right? Like uh, farm fresh milk is more regulated. We have to um, neuter it first, then it's legal. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. But when it has all the growth factors and everything like that, it's just like probably so regulated. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like SWAT raids and like grocery stores that were, you know, that have been selling like raw milk, you know, so that's unfortunately america symptomatic of a larger problem symptomatic of a much larger problem yes but uh, but yeah so for me a lot of ayurvedic medicine is about mind body and i think the most important component for me there is this idea that you know we're not just digesting nutrients you're digesting energy you're digesting emotions and sometimes yeah prana you know we're taking in prana and, and life force every single day and how connected are you to nature, to your dharma, your purpose, right? Your karmic sort of body is always going to be in relationship with your dharma and your deeper purpose in the world, right? And it's like, if you are completely disconnected with dharma and your purpose, you know, your body, your suffering that you experience may not get better, right? And I think sometimes people also don't understand how important it is 
to properly digest emotions and move them through our bodies, right? Like a lot of us in this health ecosystem are very sensitive people and we absorb a lot of energy and emotions from around us, right? And if you're not releasing that back to Gaia and Earth, then you are containing those. And then sometimes you can experience some health problems that don't make sense from our sort of linear scientific understanding, right? It's like, I know uh, I've worked with people where they're, the needle doesn't move because they have stuck emotions in their like abdominal wall and their viscera, right? And then we use tools like breath work, other somatic therapies, sort of spiritual acupuncture, esoteric techniques, all kinds of tools, right? Different tools are going to diff- resonate with different people. We start breaking apart those memories, releasing them, and then we see the needle begin to move, right? We see digestion kind of like align itself and um, yep. kind of like the system restore itself. Wow, man, there's a whole lot to unpack there. But I mean, even if you go look at a lot of cases of diagnosis of autoimmune, or cancer. Mm-hmm. I, I used to work a lot with uh, Dr. Nasha Winters, and a lot of the people in the functional oncology world actually connect the cancer back to an emotional trauma that may have happened either within the last two years. It's kind of like something they'll give a range to, or it may be something much older than that. But that's the power of integrative medicine is that yes we know all the best peptides and we know all of the best nutritional interventions but you also need to look at the psycho-spiritual part of it is a person even able to wake up in the morning and and do what they want to do something that just that feeds them feeds their their energy their soul and do you have set of tools at your disposal to help you manage your energetic self. So I'll give you an example. I just came back from three weeks of business travel, family travel. I was sleeping on sofas at family members and uh, at Airbnbs and I'm all over the place. I'm in different environments and planes and I come back after three weeks. And the first thing before even lifting weights or doing anything I need to start doing is, is working on getting my body back in balance. And that starts with daily meditation, daily spiritual practice. That to me Mm -hmm. is the first thing I start working on when I want to get my body back in rhythm. The first things I did, I just got back a couple days ago. Well, even before that was actually being outdoors under natural sunlight. So like the first thing I did was go flop out under the sun for like an hour and just, you know, take in photons from the sun into my body like that was the first thing the second thing i did was start getting right back into like twice daily meditation you know i sit for 11 minutes before i start my day and i'm not super religious about this i have a business to run i don't get to it every day but once i get back into like my that routine first okay then I can start working on the other things. Okay, now I'm ready to get back in the gym and start lifting. And now I'm getting back to a point where, you know, next Friday I'm flying to Miami. I, I have an investor meeting that, that's going to be massive. I've started preparing myself energetically now. You know, that meeting's in eight days. So you have to teach people those tools as well. That's why I love what you said about integrative medicine. It's like, okay, Oasis not only knows the, the functional medicine, right? That's a whole discipline in itself. And the Ayurvedic medicine and the mind-body medicine, like 
that's just an incredibly powerful combination. So um, I love everything you're doing, Oasis. It's awesome. And aligns with how I look at health as well. I appreciate that. And it's it's amazing that you're kind of practicing it as well and kind of like being resonant with these subtler forces, right? Like these subtler energies um, when you meditate. Otherwise, I think the sort of entrepreneurial worlds we're a part of, there's a lot of like young and intense energy. So the, the balance, I love that you you bring that balance into your work. Yeah, I learned the hard way. You know, I got my ass handed to me and I had to go take three months off and reboot. And I'm like, okay, I'm never doing that again. So how do I now go go do sustainable entrepreneurship, basically, which is like sustainable entrepreneurship means, yes, I'm killing it in my business, but I'm also at a, the highest level of physical, emotional, and spiritual health that I've ever been at in my life. You know, that's the benchmark for me personally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This was incredible, Oase. So um, if you're listening and you want to get in touch with Oase, what's the best way to reach you, Oase? Are you taking new clients right now? Do you have any uh, anything you want to leave for people who are curious about learning more from you? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I am taking clients at the moment. And my website is Integrative Oasis. So like Integrative Medicine and like oasis of the desert you know so Mm -hmm. integrateoasis.com and you can book from me directly through my website or you know you can also message me on instagram and again Mm -hmm. it's got lucky it's just integrative like integrative medicine and oasis no symbols no dashes just integrative oasis and uh you can just message me on instagram and then you can schedule a discovery call with me if you're interested you know, in um, some of the the functional work or the microbiome stuff, and you know, happy to support people. I'm I'm very 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 passionate about the the clinical side and and supporting people one on one. I didn't even get into like the details of my story. Just like you know, we would need hours for that, right? Just like your story, right? Um, like exactly what happened in your health, what was the struggle and the suffering. But it's just so important for me to serve people with all my heart and that's that's what i was really born to do like i was born to do this this work in functional medicine so feel free to reach out if you're in a place of growth incredible thanks always this was a really really fantastic conversation and uh, thanks for all the great work you're doing in the world brother amazing man thank you as well dave thank you for listening to data-driven health radio 